You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the covered jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at $1 million in top prizes when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. Just pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points by pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you might not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code THPN, and you get a free shot at $1 million top prize, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, score! Alrighty, everyone. Welcome to episode 23 of the Rig Rats podcast. The little red light is on in the corner, Kyle. That means we are recording, which means your beautiful voice will be get to be in this podcast. Uh, welcome back. I apologize about the technical difficulties I had in the last one, but it's good to have you back, buddy. Tis all A-OK. You know me. I'm a go-with-the-flow kind of guy. Uh, I definitely missed talking to you when I had to record by myself the second time around last week. So it's good to have you back. Yeah, sorry. I had a, uh, a game to buzz to. Hey, it, it's, um, it's my fault. I'm the one that uh, just didn't hit the record button because that's not something you need to do when you're trying to record something. <laughs> it's a barn burner, by the way. An 8-7 win. Very important. I talked oh. one. Gross. You buried one, and, and you yeah. got a, a barn burner win. That's impressive. That's yeah. impressive. Well, you were predicting a barn burner win over the Calgary Flames here for the that Oilers in their last game. That was wrong. You were wrong. However, you do pick up the points for the win, as do I. I predicted mm-hmm. a tight game. I was close. I said 2-1. Oilers walk away with the 3-2 win. We both pick up a point. You are still with a healthy three-point lead with a 23-20 to lead over me, my friend. Yeah, maybe. You're, you're holding firm. You're holding firm. So now it's my turn to play catch up a little bit. However, yeah. the Oilers game versus the Flames after a pretty bad showing of three games, like we had talked about in the last podcast, we were expecting hopefully a little back, a bounce back game in the Battle of Alberta. Um, you know, the Oilers always get up for those ones. They play hard in them. So we were hoping to see a little bit more of a bounce back. And um, before we talk about like the details of the game, do you think that I feel like the Oilers – Obviously, they won the game, so that they pick up the two points, which is what they want. But do you think that the Oilers, you know, really had that 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 bounce back game that they were looking for? Um, I think it it probably could have been a little better, but I think they definitely were a little more complete than they had been. You know, they showed up and, and were playing 
together hockey, I think, a little more, um, which was good. And, you know, as you mentioned, they came out with the win. So that's always, you know, what you want. But, yeah, I mean, they probably could have done a little better. But I think you take that one and take it as a victory as it is. And we saw Koskinen get saddled with the <clears throat> He was in the game versus Montreal in the last one. So as expected, we saw Smith back in net. I thought he was pretty solid. And as we predicted, the one other change that we've been calling for a couple games in a row now, and it seemed that, you know, they finally decided to make at least one of the changes. They took out Lagason and they put in Caleb Jones into the lineup. So, you know, at least getting one. Um, I know a lot of people on Twitter are still frustrated because Bouchard at this point is our top defensive closest to NHL ready defensive prospect. And so he's not getting any games. So that's frustrating people. However, with the shortened season, Kyle, do you feel like the coaching staff has to do more to win and maybe a little bit less about trying to get talented rookies games? I think Bouchard has the talent and the ability where he could be maybe not every night, but a lot more consistently than he is. Should we worry that he he isn't playing at all? I, I kind of I can't I get where you're coming from with you know, you know coaching staff and and has to make the decisions to get wins right now especially with the shorter season you know there's not as many games to really give guys chances um, if they're not earning them I think Bouchel when he was in the lineup I think he was playing very well uh, I think he looked extremely promising um, so even though he is you know prospect per se I think he should be playing more games than he is. I liked I liked watching the way he was playing. You you kind of see the thought process going through his head. You, you know, kind of that. Uh, all right, that's probably not the good play. But if I take a couple extra steps, take an extra look. Okay, there it is. You know, you can kind of see him doing some check down stuff on the breakouts and whatnot. He's quick, young, spry. I think they should be getting him some more games. But I do understand from a coaching standpoint, coaching to win instead of coaching to. Uh, like yeah, develop the, yeah develop correct thanks for the assist there michael yeah you know sometimes you just need a little thesaurus help you know it's all right so the oilers taking on the flames uh we also <laughs> expected to see mcdavid and dry separated they were mcdavid playing with nugent hopkins and Pugliarvi. dry back to the yamamoto dominic cahoon line who also was in, back into the lineup another lineup change we see some forwards come in we're still hoping to see cahoon get a little bit back on i thought he'd, he'd been playing well but We'd like a little bit more offense from Cahoon, obviously. Scary moment early in the game, though. Uh, Mike Smith had covered covered the puck next to his crease, and Tyson Berry just runs him over. He's down on the ice for a few seconds. We were a little bit nervous. Uh, obviously, you don't want to see your goalie get hurt, but Smith, he's a, you know, he's a battler. Uh, Tippett has said Mike Smith is one of the best athletes he's ever coached, so I'm not too worried about small Tyson Berry running into him yeah yeah Uh, i mean guy is huge (laughs) yeah exactly he's an absolute beast um and the oilers come out with a really strong first 15 minutes in the first period um at one point (coughs) shots are eight to one for the oilers um they have a couple power plays that they aren't able to capitalize on in the first period and as it always go you know they're dominating they're on top of it they're getting the scoring chances and the flames score first it's a blast from the point that beats smith through a lot of traffic and they go up one nothing in the first period. Um, the Oilers then head to the second period, not feeling bad about themselves, but obviously still down one. Um, Markstrom played 
pretty well in that first period. He made 14 saves, but the Oilers were on them. Um, and that continued into an early power play in the second period that Nugent Hopkins would end up scoring on. Um, and then the Oilers would go down again after another power play that expires at the end. Barry block shoots the shots blocked and Kachuk goes down on a breakaway and scores on a nice move. Um, I don't feel like Smith is very good on breakaways. I don't know why, but just he never, like, even in shootouts and stuff like that, like, he just, I don't know, he looks like he gets smaller or he he can't follow people when they start to deke. I don't know what it is about his goaltending. He just always looks nervous on breakaways. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think there's something about him that he's kind of like, he's one of those goalies that's born ready for, you know, shots and rebounds and, you know, a bit of a scrum, but as soon as the puck starts moving really fast in front of him, he's kind of like, uh, and then he freezes up and gets small and I don't know. So he tries his best. Yeah. You know, he, he tried his best. I expect to be honest. I, I half expect when people start coming in on breakaways, him to do the full, like Hashik flying poke check, take out their <clears> ankles. Like he's that, it aggressive wouldn't surprise as a goal- me. It yeah. wouldn't, he's that aggressive a goalie. If he just flew out and took Kachuk out at the ankles. Yeah, like, I mean, like, literally zero surprise. That would, I, that would not surprise me in the slightest to watch that. So the Flames go up two to one. Um, Smith obvi- lets in the breakaway, but I still think that Smith had a great game, um, yeah. all things considered. And then to tie the game up, Dominic Cahoon put in the lineup, scores a really pretty tic-tac-toe play. It's one of those things where the the bear stands are like this is why he should never be taken out of the lineup because if you watch ethan bear he it was a what it was an amazing rush by ethan bear as a defenseman he breaks up the play in his own end he then has a crisp really nice first breakout pass from inside his own end to the to the offensive blue line they break into the zone he joins the rush he gets the puck back in the slot a real nice pass over to Yamamoto who freezes Markstrom who has to respect the shot passes at cross crease and Cahoon literally passes the puck into the net as he follows the puck into the net himself really good team play and it's it's a great play from Ethan Bear who picks up the secondary assist but that play is it's a great pass from Yamamoto, but that whole play is started and all based almost finished with Ethan Bear. You like to see, um, and, and kind of like what I was saying for Bouchard too. You see those guys looking for that, looking for that spot, and the, you know get that really good crisp pass, and then have the mind to say, "Oh shit, I should get in here and you know jump into this play because then I'm the extra pass there." You know, love to see a, a defenseman start a good play like that, follow up with it. And we continue to see the Oilers defenseman getting into the offense and joining the rush. The defensive scoring has slowed down a little bit. I mean, Nurse is obviously still red hot. But, I mean, I don't know where the Oilers rank at the moment, but you got to think, like, this year compared to, to last year, especially with Cliff Baum out, the offense from the back end has improved t- tremendously. And it's it's helped out, I think, the lack of bottom six scoring. Yeah. And so we take a 2-2 tie into the third period, and it comes down to special teams. In the third period, the Flames take a couple of penalties, and I was kind of worried after the whole Tim Peel thing if we were going to get, like, really, like, really tight-called games, like, really even penalty-called because of that in retaliation to people maybe being upset or the refs being upset about maybe the the Tim Peel um, punishment. Yeah. 
However, Oilers, they drew a lot more penalties against the Flames. I think in turn, they just had their legs moving a lot. And the Flames are a bunch of pirates and thugs. I've been saying it since <laughs> forever. They cheat. They're, they've always been cheaters. And McDavid punishes cheaters on the power play. Like within five seconds, Dreisaitl wins the draw. It comes back to McDavid. Shason, who give him credit, one of the big reasons this goal even goes in, goes straight to the net to screen him and draws a couple of Flames defensemen straight to him to help the screen. Yep. Markstrom gets a really big chunk of it, but it squeaks through and the Oilers go up on McDavid's 22nd of the season. He's now just one goal out of the league lead with Austin Matthews, who is 23. And the Oilers then would hold on. That is all she wrote. Good night, Jim Kite. Oilers hold on to a 3-2 win in the Battle of Alberta. So Kyle, how, how do you feel about this game? Um, nice to see the Oilers lock it down. They go two for five on the power play and completely shut down the, Oil uh, the Flames penalty kill and go two for two on the penalty kill. How are you feeling about that game? I feel like it's a good jump back from the uh, atrocious loss against the Canadians. I feel like they show up, you know, um, Smith plays a great game. You know, the boys are clicking. Um, that that second goal was beautiful. Uh, you know, a, a great display of working together as a team there, you know. And I really think that's what, you know, the guys need to get back into is looking at it more as a grand scheme of we need to score. I mean, it's, that, it's you know, when they put Connor in and Leon on that same line together, I think they were kind of putting a lot of their chicken, a lot of their uh, eggs in the same basket. Yeah. And, um, you know, really, really grabbing onto coattails and saying, okay, you got it, man. Instead of, you know, so then they split them up. And I think everybody's starting to realize, all right, well, let's all jump back in and let's get it done as a team. So I think it's a good, I think it's a, definitely a good start after that um, loss to Montreal. Even better after this flames loss it seemed like and even during this game it seemed like obviously the flames aren't out of it in any sense but it seemed like there was a lot of importance on the flames like if they didn't win this game in regulation every game they lose here because we're we're less than 20 games left in the season which someone said and that that blew my mind it's felt like this season has flown by uh, I cannot believe we're all, we're almost done really and the Oilers have had a couple games postponed but the Flames don't pick up points here we're in the final stretch and so you know you're starting to they're starting to finish their series with teams we're getting to the end of our series here with them uh, from an Oilers standpoint and so the Flames are almost out of the top four it seems a lot of people are convinced the Flames are after that loss, the Oilers out. And that is even better. <laughs> and that we love to see. <laughs> and we would have had one more game to talk about here. Um, the Oilers were supposed to play Vancouver on Saturday. However, like I said in the last episode, a few of the Vancouver Canucks um, players, as well as I believe Travis Green, um, their head coach, had been put into covid protocol and then since then i believe they added almost like over 10 it's, like, more. it's 20 it's like almost up to 20 yeah, uh, players I, I, and staff now i think yeah so their their organization that got hit with it pretty bad i think that's obviously what happens when you have a trainer or player catch covid and then they do literally one practice with the team or or anything like that and then ever and then yep. this has happened so and then the whole luckily, team is 
they did it before they, they caught it before yet again, before the Oilers actually played them. The Oilers have been pretty lucky because they were oh, about yeah. to play the Canadians and they literally just stopped <laughs> before they played them. And then they were about to play the Canucks and then that got canceled right before then. So no, get no other games to talk about other than the flames game. And now we've got to wait till Monday which we have coming up where the Oilers then go right back to work after a pretty tough loss against Montreal Canadiens against Montreal on Monday. So Oilers have the weekend now to chill and practice and get ready for Montreal. So what should their head be leaving that Flames um, game and having the weekend, like I said, going to Montreal? Revenge, pure revenge. Not only did they get did they lose, but they got shut out in, in an aggressive fashion. Four nothing is a, a thumping right there. I mean, you, you show up, especially in a league like this. You know, in the NHL, four nothing is you showed up and meant business. That was um, that was probably arguably one of their their worst game of the season too. Yeah, um, it, it, I mean, like top two probably. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you look back at something like that and you, you're looking at yourselves in the locker room and you're like, oh, my God, that's bad. And like I said, you know, when we were talking about that um, a couple episodes ago, I guess, uh, when we were talking about that game, you chalk that one up as a loss, you eat it, you know, you all played terrible. Okay, cool. Move on. And then they did with Calgary. They moved on. They showed up. They won. Um, and like I said, I think it's a good start, and I think they can carry that in. They likely had a few practices over the – uh over the span here, right? Uh, nothing crazy, but you know, a couple skates. Probably they'll probably have one practice either Saturday or today. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. I'm and then a morning skate a practice tomorrow. Sunday, and then gave them Sunday Easter off, and then yeah, probably yeah. That's pro- that's what I would have done. So they'll probably have a morning skate, and you know, I would say most guys are going to show up to that, and you know, everybody's just going to get ready, and I think you show up and. Show him who's boss there, you know. Like, you got to show up and let him know you're good. We're currently one in three uh, against the Montreal Canadiens on the season series. The Canadiens are sitting pretty comfortably in their fourth seed. Um, The Oilers have a little bit of a gap with them. Like I said, that top three um, have separated themselves from the rest. Um, And then Montreal is sitting by themselves in fourth. Uh, And they're 16, nine and nine on the season. Uh, You got a prediction for this one. You're talking about revenge. So hopefully the Oilers are able to turn around. What do you feel after a four nothing loss? You know, I think they should show up and and try to go hard. Uh, I don't know that it's going to be the same, you know, for nothing the other way. I don't know that, uh, you know, what's going to happen. I think it'll be a tight game. You know, Montreal plays uh, a very tight game against Edmonton every time. So I- I'm going to say a three, two regulation is what I'll go. You know, I think it'll be a tight game, but I think you really got to just show up and dominate in the corners, get all the loose bucks. It'll be tight on the board, but you know, make your presence known. Kyle, I'll give you a big old high five. If you want to guess what I'm going to, predict here i'm gonna take this one out of left field it's gonna be a five three win you know what kyle it's funny thing i'm feeling a five three win oh who would have thunk it uh, I, I tried I, it and it didn't work so you did you did but you know what i've been trying it and it hasn't worked either so um <laughs> hopefully hopefully they're able to do it you're talking about revenge um i think that maybe in this one montreal might come out a little hot and the oilers then have a have a late game push to to, to pull away here. Then we have one more. And normally I would leave this one to talk about for next episode. 
However, it's a pretty early game, and normally the time we do our recordings are relatively late anyway, so I figured we might actually know the outcome of this game. Uh, We've got a 5 o'clock game here versus the Ottawa Senators. Now, the Oilers are currently a perfect 7-0. and There are only two games of the season series versus Ottawa left. They're playing nine. They've got seven. They've won all of them. Uh, The Senators are 13-21-4. They had a pretty big win, actually, over the Montreal Canadiens we were just talking about. Uh, Matthew Kuch- or Brady, Kuchuk Brady Kuchuk with a huge fight against Shea Weber. That was pretty impressive, and he held his own. Uh, to be he- honest with you, I don't think Matthew Kachuk has the balls to do that. I think that's all. I think it's a Brady Kachuk move purely. Yeah, but I also, to be fair to Matthew, I don't think Matthew has the body to, to go toe-to-toe oh, yeah. toe with Shea Brady Weber. Is, Brady, Brady is, is, is a, a definitely a bigger specimen, for sure. Yeah. And I would never, never, you know, defend Matthew Kachuk, but to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. So now we've put us, we're putting a perfect record on the line here versus Ottawa, Kyle. Do you think, think Ray, or, Ottawa, you, you, think, you think we can hold it? Ottawa's beat every other team in the North Division, except Edmonton. Do you think I, we can do it? I think at this point, you have to take too much pride in the fact that you're perfect. I think, you, I think, I think. I think the goal at this point is to have at least one perfect series. You know what I mean? You got to have one perfect series. I think this is it. I think you, I think you stick with it. If I'm going to give a prediction on this one, I'm going to say a 3-1 Edmonton Oilers win. 3-1 win. I like it. All right. I like it. Uh, I'll say – I won't say 5-3. Uh, I'll spare you. Like that might, <laughs> that might be pushing the joke a little bit too far. So <laughs> I'll hold the bit, and I'll say a 4-2 win. Nice. We'll see 5-3 next episode. But <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the Oilers are able to hold on to that perfect record. However, we are going to take a break here. And when we come back, we will follow it up with some NHL news along with our play of the week. And then we will wrap this baby up and we will be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabres of the Hockey Podcast Network. Things are not going very well in Saberland uh, this season or really for the past 10 years or so. However, we here at Straight Up Sabres are so excited to keep bringing you guys the latest Sabres news with everything ranging from interviews with some of your favorite Twitter follows all the way up to former players and everything in between. We have got you covered with your weekly coverage of the Buffalo Sabres. That's right. We got a lot coming up uh, through the rest of the season and into the offseason. Who's going to coach the team next year? Uh, is Kevin Adams going to have a new boss? Will he be a president of hockey operations? Will there be an assistant GM? Are they going to fill out their scouting staff? How many times will I cry next to Maybe zero. I'm dead inside. Will Jack Eichel be here? Sam Reinhardt going to get extended? You know, all this and more on Straight Up Sabres. Exciting stuff. So make sure you're checking us out wherever you're listening to podcasts and following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres and on Twitter at Straight Sabres. All righty, welcome back. All right, Kyle, we're going to move on to some NHL news um, and actually something coming out fresh of today, right before we record the podcast. Oscar Clefbaum, fresh out of a successful shoulder surgery, has been seen back in Edmonton. So not huge news, but we should all be happy for Edmonton Oilers fans to see, to see him back in Edmonton and getting back around the team, hopefully skating and hopefully uh, everything is going well because it would be uh, be great to have him back yeah as i as i mentioned before 
I'm a double shoulder. I'm a double shoulder injury kind of guy. Both of them are jacked. I know full well the shoulder stuff is brutal. So it's it's always nice to get back with the guys. You know, start hanging out with the boys again. You know, even if you're just skating, even if he literally just gets on the ice to skate with no pads or anything, just goes out there in a track suit and skates around. It's always the first skate is a little wonky. You feel rusty, but it's it's nice. It's like it's like when you wake up in the morning and you have the first fresh sheet and you make that first stride and it cuts. It's like, oh, beautiful. Uh, Kyle, you predicted it perfectly, my friend. Buffalo tied the record. And then they beat Philadelphia in convincing fashion. I believe it was a six, one win. So convincing fashion, Philadelphia is kind of melting down at the moment. Not sure what's going on there. How do you feel Kyle? They, they weren't able to. I feel like Buffalo in true Buffalo fashion has nothing to show for how terrible they were. All nothing right. to show. So what have you done? Tied a record. You don't win. <laughs> we'll, we'll stop. We'll stop beating the, the dead horse there. However, they won their one game and then got right back to losing, you know, shoot for 20 this time. <laughs> However, there were some interesting comments made on Twitter. One Brandon Dubinsky of the Columbus Blue Jacket tweeted out sort of out of the blue. I don't know really yeah. what prompted it. Um, he, said, provoke him. he said, and this is direct from his Twitter. Listen, Crosby is better than me. I never said he wasn't. He obviously he's obviously one of the best ever. It was at OV8 versus Sid. None of you played in the NHL and know how hard it is to score goals in the NHL. 724 is insane. Sid just whined way too much, and OV just shut up and played hard. He then posted a little screen grab of a regular season comparison of Crosby and Ovechkin. Ovechkin has six more total points is all. Six more total points in... 136 yeah, or something like that. 100 and 100 and I'm not going to be great at math, but yeah, Crosby sitting at 1,020 games played. Ovi sitting at 1,184. So everyone else do the fast math in your head. He's got yeah, so over like 160, 164 over 100 more games played, and he's only got six more points. Yeah, I mean that's two um, full seasons. To be fair though, Crosby's got 476 goals, 827 assists. Ovechkin. 724 goals, 585 assists. So a lot of people were upset about this. I mean, just go scrolling through the comments. Every comment is just, and who are you? You scrub and, and, and all that stuff. Some interesting takes. Interesting. Elliot Friedman did weigh in. He said that one of the things Crosby has said as he's gotten older is he hit, he regrets maybe whining or complaining to the refs too much earlier in his, like when he was a rookie early in his career, he has expressed some regret for that. But, and we, and we all know though, that obviously Brandon Dubinsky, the goal scoring thing, I think he's correct on goal scoring. It's the yeah. hardest things to do in the NHL. Oh yeah. To put the puck in the back of the net. That's why you pay people the most money who are the best at doing that. And Ovi is arguably one of the best ever to do that. Yes, correct. He could be the best ever if he wanted to. He could He could still do it. I'm, I'm on we'll that see. train. I've talked he about could. it a couple oh, times yeah. on the podcast. I'm on the train. He could break oh, the yeah. record. Dubinsky also has a pretty big history and rivalry against Crosby. They have gone at it before. Not friendly at all. Um, so obviously he's going to be a little bit more biased towards Ovechkin. What, what did you, what did you think about that? Cause it, it riled some people up. Some people agreed with him. I mean, here's the thing. 
uh, for a long time, Sidney Crosby was the best hockey player in the world. The best all-around complete hockey player in the world. From a hockey-playing standpoint, just playing the game, Sidney Crosby was the best in the game. Was Ovi the best goal scorer at the same time? Uh-huh. Was he the best complete hockey player at that time? No, it was Crosby. I, I think that's almost undisputed. I think most people would agree. I think they play two different styles of hockey, and they really do. I think Ovi scores a lot more. There's a lot of times. I mean, literally, I watched a video the other day. Um, it was it was a, um, a Capitals power play, and Ovi stood at the top of the circle. I, I shit you not. Dead still for 30 seconds. Didn't move once. Granted, the puck was on the other side of the ice. I mean, that you know, doing a little bit of a cycle. But he literally stood dead still. And then they blew the whistle because the puck went to the goalie. And then he just went to the faceoff circle, like, to start again. Like, he stood dead still. And that's, it's, and that's okay because that's literally what he does on the power play. But I think there's not really a reason to ruffle feathers there. I, I mean, Ovi is unreal at scoring goals. His shot is ridiculous. He, he creates opportunities for himself. But there's, he doesn't do nearly as much you know, playmaking. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't set up a whole lot more. I think what makes Crosby so good is that if you ever watch Crosby in the corners, I mean, he is almost impossible to take off the puck. The guy will wear you down in the corners so, so quick. Like, it doesn't matter how big the defenseman is that goes into the corner with him. He's just so quick and so strong on his edges. You can't push him off the puck. So, I mean, I think that is is a big part of his game is that he just draws two, three guys to him because one guy can't do it, and then, poof, he dishes the puck right in front and somebody else scores. I think they just play two different styles of game. They're both unreal players. There's no getting around it. They're both fantastic at the game of hockey. I think for a long time, Crosby was the best overall player and Ovi is the best goal scorer. I think that's just how it was, my opinion. Oh, so you're you're disagreeing with Dubinsky. You're you're saying bad take. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying so, you know, and, and I think to touch on what you were saying earlier with Crosby has said, I, I kind of regret being, you know, a little too much of a baby when I was, you know, earlier in my career. Um, and I think that is kind of something if, you know, if that was just how you played when you grew up, I think it is something you grow into. Like, like once he started to get older and a little more start to kind of understand a little more that it was frowned upon, I think he kind of got it like, oh, you know, I should probably stop doing this. And, and he really has, as of lately, not really whined about much, you know, unless it was warranted. So I think I don't know that I would say it's a terrible take. Ovi is definitely a better goal scorer than Crosby. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Just two separate styles. I think early in his career, Sid was just a whiner. And then he kind of Do you think it's just Dubinsky is... looking for attention then maybe a little bit? <clears throat> oh, definitely. I think he's uh, I think I mean, he's a he little got it. We're talking loop. about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he's out of the loop. You know, nobody's really talked about Dubinsky in a while. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of part of his game, too. He's a shit talker. He's a scrapper. He's the guy who stands in front of the net, eats cross checks, and then turns around and that's says something mean about your mom. Yeah. <laughs> it says mean about your mom and then skates off. It's completely on brand. It's very on par for Brandon Dubinsky. I don't think it's a completely wild take. Ovi is a better goal scorer than Crosby, but I think it's different reasons. I don't really think it's because Ovi showed up and played hockey. I think it's just because that's his style. All righty. So we are going to wrap things up then this week with our play of the week. 
Kyle, I will let you lead us off, my friend. What was your play of the week? What impressed you the most? Martin Neitzsch on uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, number 88. Real young, younger guy, um, you know, starting to show up a lot more in their lineup. He made this gross play. He was barreling down the right side, a whole lot of speed, kind of faked the shot when he got closer to the net, kind of freezed the goalie up a little bit. Um, it was, I think it was uh, Merz Lincolns from Columbus and kind of froze him up and then kind of did one of those uh, the tomahawk moves where he opens his skates up, heels to heels, and then went around the net just buzzing and threw a wraparound goal in hard like a slam dunk. It was a beautiful play, you know, kind of one of those self-efforts, but I really enjoyed that. Natchez, and honestly, that whole there's a lot of players on that Carolina team that are pretty underrated that a lot, a lot of not, oh, yeah. not a lot of people talk about because they play in Aho. Carolina. Aho, yeah. Um, honestly, Svechnikov probably should, Svechnikov. should get more oh, love yeah. than he does. Um, sure I should. Think about uh, even on defense back there. A couple right? of you guys. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Slavin and, and honestly, Hamilton doesn't get as much. Hamilton. Yeah. But Natchez is, is one of those younger guys that, that's starting to starting to pop out a little bit. So. Uh, good to see him uh, get on your play of the week there, Kyle. Uh, my play of the week is going to go to former Oiler, now Minnesota Wild goaltender Cam Talbot playing the Vegas Golden Knights. I forgot who it was. Rookie on the Golden Knights came down on a two-on-one. Great pass over. And then Cam Talbot with the flying post-to-post glove save, which is my favorite paddle saves are impressive. I think they're more luck than skill. Whereas the yeah. glove saves it's lucky, but like the skill and reflexes it takes just to get over and read the play like that is, is really impressive. So an incredible post to post glove save for him. And then on the ensuing faceoff, that next faceoff, the same player puck bounces around in front, looks to be a tap in. And then he dives back and gets the paddle on it in the same play on the same player the he the kid couldn't believe it so cam Talbot is going to pick up my play of the week and i keep giving plays of the week to goaltenders here uh they're just listen when they're impressive they're impressive and paddle saves are hot right now there's been an impressive rise of paddle saves this season yeah well kyle that is going to do it for episode 23 here. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. If you guys want to subscribe or follow the podcast on Twitter, that's going to be at the rig underscore rats on Twitter. And be sure to leave a comment or review and a subscription wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It helps out a great deal. Kyle, you got anything else for me, my friend? Glad to be back this weekend. Alrighty. Well, the, the thing is still recording. So I did get all of this. Thank goodness. Yay. I will talk to you in the next episode, Kyle. And as always, let's go Oilers. Oilers.